Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. What's up, everybody? This is your buddy Mike C, and this is Horror Zone 607, the podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I am back in Studio 13, as I am each and every week for now. Not for much longer, but for now. But just across town, over in the 8122 Production Studios, is the man that's been rated R for violence, language, and nudity. He's my good friend, Rich. Woo! And if we ever win a podcast award, we're de- I'm definitely having a live sex act. That's right. Oh, yes. I don't know yes. if anybody will want to tune into it. Maybe by then I'll, uh, I'll be slimmed down with this diet. But even if not, I don't know if still anybody wants to pay to see that. It's, it's, it's there's feeble. Always, there's always Patreon, buddy. Yes, there is always Patreon. Or OnlyFans, from what I understand. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, if you if you need any questions on that, you can hit up our friend Big Natty Cool at Big Natty Cool on Twitter. Of course, that's Diesel. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got all the answers. He's yes. uh, he's Doctor Derek. Uh, For he, love uh, is scary on the Patreon exclusive show. There you go. Yes, yes, he's got all the answers for you. If you have any, if you're confused at all, just reach out to him. Just yep. listen. You know, he can answer all of your your uh, your questions. Anything you could think of, he's got the answers. He's the much. man. Pretty much. What's going on, buddy? Nothing. Just sitting here enjoying a, a nice, lovely uh, uh, early afternoon recording. Uh, it's it's awful quiet in the studio because the professor's not here. The professor's not there. You know why? Because he's doing professor things. Yes, pretty much. He's wandering the wilderness in search I of the he, next uh, live action human centipede group he can join. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he build a yacht out of a coconut? I mean, in in his head, he did. I mean, yeah. You got to remember the the professor lives in a dream world, uh, which is kind of going to be relevant in the second segment of this uh, <laughs> episode. But still, he lives in a dream world that he has created. He is definitely uh, he's he's been on the low though, man. I got to be honest, he's been a little depressed lately. You know, since the Human Centipede uh, off Broadway uh, has not taken off because of the pandemic. Uh, he is really just upset that he could not be the middle segment of the Human Centipede Live for all these great fans around the nation. Hopefully someday is coming soon. Also, the Kenosha Kickers, I, I'm sad to say, be, upon them not entering the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, have disbanded. So that's just leaving him with it's, his... It's just leaving him with his work with the Lone Rangers. And, the Lone uh, Rangers. And obviously, the name says it all. They're, they're lonely. The Lone Rangers. They're lonely. They really are. They really are. Uh, I hear that they're outstanding, though. They're, they're talented. Uh, they're talented. A uh, couple of people there. Three people. It is. It's, it's three. There might be four of them before they're done. I don't know. Well, there's a rumor that there could be more Lone Rangers. Well, I do know that. I do know that they, for recording purposes, they had tapped our good friend the Maestro. Yes. So there was four of them was when a they very recorded. Talented musician. Well, yes, very good bass. Hence his and, name. Uh, hence his name, the Maestro. But yes, plays he plays a heck of a mar- harmonica. Oh yes, yes, it's, it's amazing. But he, uh, he, they tapped him for the studio work. I don't know if that's going to go over on tour because there was already three of them in the Lone Rangers. Now we're going to add a fourth Lone Ranger. I don't know. I don't know They're where it starts lonely. to. I don't know where it gets starts to get to the Lone part being gone. 
Yeah, I think they're going to remain pretty lonely. They're lonely people. I'm so lonely. Oh, <laughs> so I lonely. <laughs> I have nobody to call just... my own. Oh, see, I could do backup vocals for the Lone Ranger. Beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> that probably is the scariest. Our uh, theme music. I'm just going to say that was probably the scariest thing you're going to hear all episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's very possible. It's yeah. very possible. All right, well, we man. got a ton of news yeah. to talk about this week. Some big stories that broke. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the new Paramount Plus streaming service, which, of course, uh, used to be uh, CBS, CBS All, All Access. Access. But uh, they're being rebranded, and they're going to have a lot more content. And uh, we had some some pretty big blockbuster news um, that, that came out of this. So they've announced that uh, there's a bunch of horror movies that are going to be premiering on the streaming service. Um, the first being, you know, we, we know that there's a brand new paranormal activity movie that's coming. We've talked a lot about it on the show. It's going direct to, I, I'm assuming it's going direct to a Paramount plus. I say I'm assuming because one of the other movies that we're going to talk about it in a minute is actually going to be going to theaters first. And then 45 days later is going to be heading straight to Paramount plus. So I, I assume that paranormal activity from the way I read the article, it's actually going to be premiering on the streaming service. I mean, it's a good franchise to do. I, I would say that it, it should premiere on there. Uh, let's be honest. The last Paranormal Activity movie in the box office did not draw the numbers that they were hoping. So this would be a good way of actually taking that franchise, which has had diminished returns over its runtime, putting out a new, it still has a fan base. It's still a franchise. And that would be a good way to get people into the service. You know what I mean? Especially in the horror world, because there is people who are fans of the franchise and there's people who, if they weren't having to go to a theater or pay the extra premium to see the movie, will watch it. A lot of those people would probably wait until I hit Netflix or something to see the movie in my opinion. So I think that that's a good enough big name franchise move where, you know, there is a franchise to it, but it has been giving diminished returns over the run of the uh, of the series it's not one of those ones right. that stayed strong and, and, get, and you know it's not a shot at paranormal activity because let's be honest most franchises especially in horror give you diminishing returns but they keep going back to the well until one sparks you know what i mean does that make sense kind of i.e halloween was that kind of franchise that fell on its ass and then 2018 you know after years and years of not doing a horror uh, a halloween movie uh, 2018 came back and they made a shit ton of money. Uh, whether Mike likes it or not is inconsequential. We can't argue the fact that they made a shit ton of money, which ushered in every horror movie being redone. You know what I mean? We don't right. have a new Scream movie if it wasn't for Halloween 2018. And we've, had, we've talked about that a ton of times. I think this could be a, a clear-cut case for this uh, Paranormal Activity movie, and I think it is perfect uh, to boost up your sales. I don't know what CBS All Access currently has, uh, as far as uh, viewership, as you know, like how many people uh, apply to that streaming service, I do know that when NBC went to Peacock, Peacock currently has 22 million subscribers, and that's before the addition of uh, the WWE Network deal, uh, which would bring if you went everybody on WWE Network, that's another two million. And obviously that it was a big get for them because it'll be open the door for casual fans of the past to check out. Even if they don't watch the new stuff, they'll watch the older stuff in the documentaries, which makes a lot of sense for Peacock. And it was a big win for them, I, I think, as far as content. 
uh, CBS, I'm not sure what they have, but I mean, I'm sure they're looking at that NBC model from going to the Peacock and Peacock having 22 million before they even made a big deal. You know what I mean? And this is a good way to kind of build that because they're instantly going, hey, we're going to get this uh, and we're uh, not horror related. And I know we're going to be talking about other movies, so I'm not going to jump into those. But non-horror related, they're also talking the Beavis and Butthead sequel to Beavis uh-huh. and Butthead to America. That has also been promised for Paramount Plus, plus other TV shows, not in the horror realm. So in, like I said, we're going to jump into some of the bigger titles that you have on your list. That's why I didn't want to jump ahead to them. But I think that Paranormal Activity coming straight to the service would be a good bet. And I think that's because it would be a way to get more people to join uh, in that in that upcoming months to get them there. Whereas the next movie we're about to mention, I completely agree with waiting a little bit off on it uh, because I do believe that this is a bigger blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, and that would be A Quiet Place Part 2. So, uh, so that one we do know it's going to be in theaters first, but 45 days later, it is going to be on Paramount Plus, and that's coming up. Uh, they, I mean, they pushed that back. I don't know how many times, but you know, this is this is really going to happen this time. And uh, you know, for people that don't get to see it in theaters because of COVID, you know, subscribe to Paramount Plus, and it'll be there Absolutely. a month and a half later. Absolutely. That's not a bad deal. I mean, I understand that I like the HBO Max uh, formula. That's only because I'm a fan and that uh, pays me off, but I get how this pays the bills a little better. Uh, because they can get that little bit of a nut. We did see that there was some success, even being on HBO Max, though, big bucket of win for them this past week with the Tom and Jerry movie. Tom and Jerry was the number one movie, and it did $14 million in the box office on its opening weekend, even with wow. being for free at HBO Max. That is the biggest number we've seen in the box office since the pandemic. Uh, I do understand it's a family movie, but at the same point in juncture, I mean, with theaters not open to full capacity and stuff, and that movie's not a blockbuster, that gives me hope that other movies could hit the $30, $40 million mark. Now, with that being said, though, if the $30, $40 million mark is now the blockbuster total, it is still as lackluster for movies such as the Marvel franchises, who are used to doing $100 million plus. And even for a movie like Quiet Place, who made a killing in the fucking box office, the sequel, would, I would assume, would make similar amounts. I mean, it's a less of a loss for them if they're going to the streaming service. And I think that that's great. Because, I mean, if they make $30 million opening weekend and then they can turn around and make another $30 million over the next few weeks and then it goes to the streaming service, I feel like they're going to make their money back. I think that's a really good model for Quiet Place too. And uh, my hats are off to Paramount Plus for making that decision. Agreed. Uh, and that's, that's one movie that I didn't see the first one in theaters. Um, it was after it was out on video for a while i think it was actually on like hbo or stars or one of the premium networks before i actually watched it and it had been out on that for a while before i did and i ended up really liking it i I didn't think i was going to like it as much as i ended up and you know liking it and uh i was really looking forward to seeing this one in theaters and yeah you know it's going to be in theaters you know for a limited time but you know i don't know that i'm going to feel safe going in there yeah you know again i don't i haven't even been in our studio because of covid in a year over a year now uh, so I can't imagine going to the theater, you know, to see it. Um, you know, we'll see. It's it's still a ways off. Uh, I'll be vaccinated by then. So, you know, maybe I will want to. So that's the only thing with me. I mean, I would have, you know, this thing is, it, it's doing a lot of damage, obviously, on everything. And, you know, the box office is just another thing that's a casualty of this. Uh, this movie would have made, I think, well over $200 million. Oh, yeah. You know, the box I, office I think that's, overall. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, they're going to, somewhere along the way, they're going to take a loss with this, I would imagine. But, it's still going to do really well, and I'll be glad to watch it from you know the comfort of my own home if that's how I decide to do it. 
Um, but well, I'm really g- looking forward to this. The good news is it looks like they were going in a slightly different direction for the new movie. It looked like it wasn't as they, they weren't going with the quiet gimmick that they did in the first one. Uh, I saw it in the theaters with Ron and I'm telling you what, one of the best movie going movie theater experiences I've ever had because the movie being so quiet led to any noise in the theater <laughs> made you jostle. So I, I thought it was great. I do see from the trailer that they weren't going back to exactly that. It looks like it was more action packed in the trailer. You know, obviously yeah. they could be bait and switches, but I think that they, I think they really were going for. Um, in the second one, they're going for a more action-packed one, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not crapping on it. I think that works perfect. I don't think you can hit a home run the same way every time. You know what I mean? You have to change right. the gimmick a little bit because the gimmick only really works once. I.e., when we found out about the Cloverfield sequel. Uh, the yeah. real true sequel. Not, I mean, I mean, I love Ten Cloverfield Lane. We already went over that, so we're not going to go into that. But like the real true one that's going to be coming out in the next year or so, uh, they already said that it's not going to be found footage. It's going to be straight shot movie. And I, the reason being is, is you can only do. It was an amazing found footage movie. They did a great job on it. But I think if you would have gone back to that well and did that gimmick, even though it's over a decade later, I just don't think that people would it would be up for it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I feel like yeah. you have to kind of up the ante a little bit. And I think with the with the fact that Kong versus Godzilla is coming up, kaiju are big. People want to see the kaiju. And, and, and let's not fool ourselves. Cloverfield is basically a kaiju. People want to right. see the kaiju up close. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, I I agree and disagree. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I kind of think of like the Blair Witch Project and what we got for like sequels to that. You know, obviously the third movie in that franchise went back to being found footage um, and it didn't work. Uh, but it was also many years later. Right. It was, you know, 20 years later that it came out. Um, and there's been a million found footage films since then. Um, the sequel, though, I remember going into that not knowing what to expect. You know, and uh, the internet wasn't quite what it is today. You know, still kind of fairly new at that point. So there wasn't, you know, anything that was kind of like blowing up everything about the movie ahead of time, at least from what I remember of it. And I was disappointed with what we got. What are you talking about? The exact sequel to The Blair Witch? The second yeah. one? The Book and of Whatever? In hindsight, I actually do kind of enjoy that movie, Book of Shadows. Thank you. I, I, I don't hate it. Um, but I remember being very disappointed with it when I got it. So to, I, I, to, your, to, I, I agree with where you're going with this. But at the same point in juncture, we are still talking apples and oranges because of the kaiju thing. True. And I think that's I think that's the big separator here is that people one thing one of the commentaries was it was cool to see it that way, but people really wanted to see the monster. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like we're gonna get that. It's I kind of call it the underwater effect. Uh, underwater was a great movie. I enjoyed it, but I didn't like the fact that at the end of the movie we find out you know it's a it's a Cthulhu movie. Right. <laughs> but you have to wait till the exact end of the movie to find that out. And it's just like. Damn, I wish we would have seen a little glimpse of that earlier. So now if they were to do a sequel, which I don't know if it made enough money, I, I think it did decent, but if they were to make a sequel, I want to see the Cthulhu aspect, you know what I mean? We got to see the the thriller, we got to see the, you know, you know, build and suspense. Now I need to see the payoff. And I think right. that that's what I think that's where JJ Abrams and Bad Robot is going with this sequel is that we've seen we've done we've done the original and found footage way and psychologically we've done 10 Cloverfield lane where it was psychology uh, psychological as well. Right. You know, very much a psychological thriller. And it wasn't until the end of the movie that you realize that's where the real tie into Cloverfield was. We're not even going to talk about paradox because it was garbage. 
And and then, you know, now let's go back. Let's go back to the roots, but let's show the monster. I think people right. want to see the monster. And I think that's where it's different from the Blair Witch. But I do like the fact that you brought up. And I'm going to be honest. I also, like you, when I first saw that movie way back and I saw it in the movie theaters, I thought it was trash as well. And since then, I have seen it, I think it was two years ago. And I actually enjoyed the movie upon re- yeah. re-watching it. I'd be willing to watch that again and do an actual review. Maybe we should slide that in there, some Blair Witch reviews or something at some point. Because I'd, I'd, really, I'd be willing to re-watch that again. Because I, I actually, I don't think it's the greatest movie I ever saw, but I, I think I was unfair to it when I was younger. I think I was just disappointment because of the original to that. Right. Agreed. Agreed. That's exactly how I feel about it, too. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, your point that you're making about Cloverfield and the direction it's going to go. What about Paranormal Activity? Every one of those have been found footage. I'm kind of yeah. surprised that they haven't tried to evolve that into a regular film. I don't know that it would work. But you know what? It would be worth a shot. Maybe they'll try it with this one. I don't know. Maybe. But, I mean, we don't know. Yet. I think, honestly, you know? it would be worth a shot. And I understand that that is the gimmick for paranormal activity. But I would be I would be I would like to watch a movie where we get some more backstory and it's shot like a movie there. And I do think that if you did that as the gimmick, because that, at that point in juncture in that series, that becomes the gimmick. Right. To actually just do right. a movie. I think you might get some more people on board. I think that the found footage right now, here's where I stand with found footage. Found footage has gotten so good as far as intelligent found footage. Let's be honest. Like, like I'm not talking about in the psychological thriller, scare you kind of paranormal activity, Blair Witch way. We've gone to the opposite realm now with um, found footage movies, especially in horror, you know, like with movies like creep and stuff. We've gone to this part where it's built. The suspense is what you're building. You're building more of a thriller. You know what I mean? Like right. what's going to happen next? Where's the suspense? You're not waiting for those big jump scares. You're not waiting for, you know, the gimmicky stuff there. I mean, some of that still does exist, but you, you're building a story. And we, we've talked about it. And, and, and I mean, obviously some of them are like, uh, you know, uh, Hell House LLC, uh, yep. Creep. Uh, and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I know I'm going to, I'm not going to list off all of them, but you know, there is a ton of movies right now. And if you look at what they have in common, they're very intelligent horror movies. They're not insulting the intelligence of the audience. I mean, uh, hell house LLC in the two sequels kind of did that insulted the intelligence yeah. of the audience a little bit and think about it. They weren't very good. They'd never recast where the first one was, which didn't insult the intelligence of the audience and right. creep, I think is the gold standard at this point in juncture. I mean, that movie keeps you off kilter the whole movie, and it really oh, never it really in, and, and it never insults you. It never says, oh, we're going to hit you with this hokey jump scare. I mean, there is some jump scares in it. but A little bit. But but they use those. If you think about it, they use those They're as faults. They're the comedic effect. Well, there's the comedic part, but they also use it to get you falsely. Because think about it. When that happens, you're thinking, okay, now something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. And right. then nothing happens. And then finally the payoff comes and the payoff is great. And that's, and that's why I think that now is more than ever found footage. Movies have stepped their game up from where they originally were. And if you think about it in a lot of ways, the original Blair rich was very intelligently done and very smart for, you know, oh, yeah. especially in his sounding. And then they kind of went away from that, especially when they went back to it in, you know, the movie that was originally the woods that then, you know, we found out after was the Blair witch. Uh, and I didn't like that as much because then they, they were insulting your intelligence. Like I like, like, like one of the scariest parts of the original movie was the standing in the corner and, and not responding. And then they turned that into, well, that's how you get away from the witch. Well, that didn't like how it did. That's not how it was like in the original. So you can't change that shit, especially right. fans of the series. And then you still got got because you guys weren't that smart. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, 
Well, another thing about that, too, I mean, I get it. It was supposed to take place later, and the guy was looking for his sister and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that worked so well with Blair Witch was the old cameras, the video cameras yeah. that used, like, VHS-type tapes. You know, it was it was These gritty. were crisp fucking digital cameras. Yeah, they were using digital high-definition cameras. They used a drone. And I get why. <laughs> you know, it, it was taking place years later, you know, so I get it. But something about just the technology at the that time gritty, in 1999. Bro. That yeah. gritty gritty is the way to go if you're doing found footage. I mean, I know and we've gotten off on kilter of Paramount, but this does tie in though. Like, like I got, I'm going to bring it back into what we talked about, but because with both uh, Paranormal Activity and The Quiet Place too, we're looking at them changing what they did in their original films. Right. And I think, and I think, Quiet Place Two will benefit from it just because of once again, it's a monster movie. So the fact that you can put a little more action in it, it, you can make it. Now, mind you, it could make it, it. It could be bad too. Don't get me wrong. But you know, you have the aliens effect. Remember, we had Alien, which was amazing, and then Aliens was just as good. So you know, you can. It, whenever it's a creature, whenever it's a creature feature, for lack of better term, it is always good to see the monster more. Right. <laughs> in the sequel, in the original, you got to build that atmosphere. And the right. sequel, I think, like I said, it's the payoff. The payoff for fans is, man, we went through that. You're never going to recreate that suspense again. Once we've seen what? it once, you can't really recreate it. But what you what? can do is show us that monster. Right. And one last thing I want to say about Quiet Place Part 2 that I, you know, um, at least like what I'm getting from it is it almost kind of looks like it's combining the original concept with The Walking Dead a little bit. Yes. You know, it's kind of it kind of looks like a hybrid between those two. So... You know, it's it's definitely going to be a very different movie. Whether it whether people like it as much as the first one's going to be another story. It's very hard to, you know, for for people to enjoy a sequel better than an original, mm. especially when the original is so well received and and was so well done. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I you know I'm, I'm curious. By the way, I would normally I would normally crap on the Walking Dead aspect to it, like while well, we've seen it. But in this mm -hmm. movie, I think that makes perfect sense because obviously these things are hunting humans as a whole or anything that right. makes noise, pretty much uh, humans included. And so, wouldn't as a as a society, we would eventually band together in small groups, anyways. You know, to sure. try because obviously there's strength in numbers. Uh, so, I mean, I think that that's a logical next spot, especially after losing the father. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So, so you lost, you know, the 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 uh, hero, if you will. So we now have to find a new hero. And I understand some people will be like, "Well, she's a hero too," and she is. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that he was that role of like, you know, the strong, you know. You know, uh, Leslie Nielsen from Airplane smack you in the face when you're crying, guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I just that's my throw out there, and and so now we need to find that next hero, and she's a hero in a different way. She's the hero with holding everything together and holding everything down and being strong for everybody when you need to be. So there's always a good yin and yang to everything, and I think that that's what they're looking for in the next movie. And I, I'm I'm excited to see it just because they did such a great job with the first one. I know this is the last one that John Krasinski is uh writing if i'm not correct uh, i do believe he said uh, after this he is not doing another one as far as writing yeah i think i, I can't remember now i think he's going to be producing or something yeah like he, i think he's one. just going to the he's producer still be involved role. somewhere yeah but, yeah but he's not going to be hands-on this is the last writing and i i can't remember if he's directing this one or not i think he is uh, but even if he's not directing, I know he's wrote this one, but he, after this, he's definitely stepping into the producer's role because we had 
talked about that in the past. And uh, I hope that's he, a good he or bad thing. So okay, he did direct. I did. It. Like I said, I do. I did think that he did because we had talked about it before. And yeah. that could be. This could be the last big hurrah then. And I, I hate to say it, but man, he did an amazing job writing and directing the first one. And that's why I trust him to do this one. And after this, man, <laughs> hopefully he still uh, decides to stay hands on because I don't know if this franchise will be as good without him. Yeah, it's really going to depend on where they take the third one. But by that point, it might be so watered down and, Mm -hmm. you know, convoluted. It may not really work out. So we will find out, though. Um, Two more things coming out of this Paramount Plus uh, deal that's coming here. Um, So I know that uh, the remake of what we're about to talk about did really well. And one of the things that people started talking about was, oh, there's never been an origin story to this. Maybe we should do a prequel. Well, that is Pet Cemetery, which just came out in the last two years, and I enjoyed it. Um, you know, we did a review on the show at the time about it. Uh, I liked it. Ron, who used to be on the show regularly, didn't, and he kind of, you know, kind of laid it out. You know, all the different plot holes that were with it. Well, they are going to be. It was announced they are going to be making another one, and it will serve as an origin story. So, as it turns out, we are going to get a prequel. I'm a fan of that. I, I would like to see the background story to Pet Cemetery. I think it has uh, it's a robust story, so the background to it has to be great. Yeah, and it's never been done, so you know it'll finally be a new concept, and we'll find out what's going on up on that hill. Oh, absolutely! Like I said, that, that's that's what I'm intrigued by. I think if they once again they could drop the ball. Let's be honest; we can always say that. But I I always right. go in as an optimist to these things. So because that story's so robust, I feel like you have to get a good movie out of it. Honestly, yeah. It can't be any worse than the original movie, which again, very atmospheric, <laughs> but just such bad acting. But how about Pet Cemetery Two? I like that movie. Really? I like it better than the first one. Did you like it better than the, the remake? Uh, no, I thought the remake was the best. The remake of the three. was. I think the the I think the remake was also the best of the three. But I'm just saying that I I I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of two. Maybe I'd have to go back and watch it. Again. And most people aren't. Most people aren't. Most people disliked it. But I thought Clancy Brown, who's always amazing, he was a great villain. He was creepy. He was scary. To me, I mean, it had its flaws. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a, a masterpiece by any means. Uh, we're talking about comparing the original and, and that one. You know, I'm, holding, I'm holding your foot to the flame, man. You just said yeah. it. <laughs> well, fair no, I'm, enough. Just, I'm just playing. But, I, 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 no, honestly, I, it's been a long time since I saw it. Once again, as you, I've pointed out before, sometimes you go back and rewatch something, whole different feeling, whole different ball. Right. And of course, it's got little Eddie Furlong in it. I know. Uh, that's, that was a selling. That was a selling point for me when it originally came out. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that movie, though. I, yeah, I, I actually do think it's better than the original. The original one, the cinematics are fantastic. You know, it, it definitely has an eerie feeling to it, but it's just so poorly acted. I agree, I, I, but it does have one of the best creepy kids of all time. It does. All it does. time. No just, throwing that, that. just throwing that out there. That's that's the that's the one saving grace in my opinion of that movie ever was that uh, the Gage character was so well done. Uh, right. But I I do think the remake was better. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, I don't like the the twist that they had where they flipped roles. Oh, what are you, you know, talking about the, at the end? Uh, yeah, of the remake. Yeah, I the I'm, end was I'm not. Bad a, and... I I think the ending of the original. If you would have gone with the original ending, I think the original ending was better. Yeah. Uh, but. I, I understand why they did something different because I don't think they wanted audiences leaving going, hey, we copied the exact same thing. Right. You know, does that make sense? They didn't uh, want to have the Psycho remake. Yeah. They didn't want to be shot for shot. Let's, let's give them a twist at the end because everybody right. was expecting it. Because even the setup for the end of that movie actually sets up like the original. 
So you're like, oh, yeah. this. I mean, with the exception of you flip flop the daughter for the son for the movie, the end still sets up almost the same. You're like, oh, okay, so we're going to go into the ending. It's and we knew what we were expecting, and then we get something different. So I will give them credit for that, but I do like the original ending better. Uh, there was just something about leaving it vague, like you knew how the movie was going to end. But it, right. leaving it vague with her coming back in, and you you know, and then that cuts. It's it's perfect, right? You know, I thought that was a great ending. But like I said, I also get why they wanted to change it to to kind of get that last ha ha. We got you. You thought you knew right. what was coming, and then we flipped the script. Right, right. Uh, last thing dealing with the uh, Paramount Plus streaming service, uh, they also announced at the same time all these other announcements came that Fatal Attraction is coming back, but. It's actually going to be made into a series this time, uh, so that will be going straight to the uh, to the uh, streaming. I'm, I'm having a struggle with this. If you were going to do a re, okay, first of all, it doesn't need a remake because the movie was amazing. Uh, definitely, I, I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, especially in the thriller category. Uh, it's it's amazing. If you've never seen Fatal Attraction, uh, please go see it. Glenn Close puts on one hell of a performance. Michael, Glenn Close makes me never want to date anybody yeah. ever again. And Michael Douglas also does an amazing job as well. Uh, he he plays that he, like you don't feel bad for him at first because it's like wow you're sleazy you're cheating on your wife and then you and then and then Glenn Close's performance is so good that you actually start feeling bad for him originally you feel bad for his family and then you feel bad for him which is weird if you can flip roles like that that's that's how you know a movie's working on all cylinders um, I I would I, I I don't know if there's enough substance for a, a series though because I feel like it's going to be too slow I feel like if you're just like where do you build to in a series that's I, that's where I'm confused on where do you get a second season out of it you get you're too slow. You see what I mean? Like, so like the, the premise of the movie is like, he has an affair. The person he has an affair with goes crazy. They start stalking and doing crazy shit to the family and him. And it, you know, it obviously ends where it ends. Uh, and it's nice. And it's packaged in an, a, an hour and a half to two hours. I can't remember the exact runtime time frame. If you take this and you, I could see you getting one season out of it, but it would be there in the middle of that season. It would get awful fucking boring. Because how much can you really do to like surprise the audience to keep you interested? I think that the the movie was paced very well. This would be slowing it way down. Yeah, the one thing, at least from what I read, uh, the article that I read, the way that it kind of made it sound is that it's going to be more from the female's perspective this time and like everything that she's going through. Yeah, but even then, though, like if you think about it, how much can you drag out? I mean, because obviously you right. use the movie as a template. You're not going to do the same things you did in the movie. Like you might, right. you might do some of them just for you know a nod, but you're going to obviously. But if, think about extending that out. Like even when you go through what she's doing, that means you have to go from the affair. Let's say the affair takes up three, four episodes, like which would be a lot in my opinion. But let's say it takes up three, four episodes and you get in that slow thing and then he cuts it off. So then at four episodes, let's say it's a 12 episode season. I don't know how long because, you know, whatever. But you know what I mean? Right. We're just, I'm just going by auspices. Well, well, actually, we'll just say 10. So it does that over three or four. Four is where he cuts off the relationship. So then you have four or five episodes where you have to like stretch out all the crazy shit he's she's doing to his family and stuff, and then you're trying to reason with it, and then you have to come back with a big crescendo, and then where do you get a second season? <laughs> That's the thing. I think that they could get, especially because let's face it, most of these series they're between eight and ten episodes. I think that they could get one season out of it, out of the material. I don't know where you get a second season out of it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm confused. And we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Maybe it won't even do well enough to get a second season. 
But assuming that it does, you know, where do you get the material? Is it going to be a whole different story and become an anthology? You know, it's... I mean, you could do it that way, but that kind of sounds weird. That, There's then only just, so much of it you can, you know... But then you're just throwing the Fatal Attraction watch. name on it just for fucking you know to get people to tune in and i i'm never a fan of that you know what i mean I'm, right. I'm sorry especially because that movie is an iconic movie i mean that's one of those movies that's like even when i'm like okay you're gonna remake it I'd, I'd be tentative on a remake of the movie just because i can you do it better than the original i don't think you can right there's just certain things you never remake and i think that's one of them i'm i'm interested i'll definitely give it a try but i just i don't see how this works without bogging down in the middle and just being almost unwatchable for part of it right well you know what else is getting remade rich Ooh, there's a remake coming well a reboot we don't know wait a minute we don't Freddy, know exactly so, so freddie's dead is actually getting remade joe it's Hill actually is, happening joe yes, Hill's Freddy's directing, dead. produced it's gonna by be Stephen a King? trilogy it's gonna oh. be a trilogy Ooh. of freddie's dead Yes. The final Friday. Yes. Yes. Joe Hill's directing, Stephen King producing? That's that's that may or may not be true. Based may on, or may not be true. Based on a script written by the late great Wes Craven? I hope so. I I think that he's writing it right now as we speak actually. <laughs> from the grave. So, but no, no. But there is another film being rebooted, remade, redone. We don't know exactly yet. But it is Jeepers Creepers. So, Jeepers was, Creepers. Where'd you and, get and, those peepers? What? And Sorry. here's the thing. This here's the here's the caveat with this. It's already been made. It was made in secret, and it's coming <laughs> this fall. Uh, it's going to be called Jeepers Creepers Reborn, and is going to be a reimagining of the franchise. That, if successful, is a plans uh, of a first the plan first of a new trilogy. Ooh. Um. So, say it with me now. Reimagining. A reimagining. It's a reimagining of Jeepers Creepers. So it's so, a remake. Um, yeah, we don't know. I mean, well, we have no, no idea. When you say reimagining is one of those weird works, r r real, real weird things where it's a remake, but they change some shit. You right. see what I mean? I'm That's thinking, all a reimagining like is. Child's play, like what they right. I, I have a feeling. Right. That's what it is. Have, it's a remake that they change some shit. Yeah. There, there's been no cast announced. We don't know if Jonathan Breck is going to be back as the Creeper. We don't know anything. The only thing that we do know is obviously it was a lot of. A lot of time went by before the third one was made, and the third one didn't go as planned uh, because of Victor Salva and his history. Yeah, we're not going to dive into that today. <laughs> and we're not going to dive into it, but that had a lot to do with the reason why there wasn't a third movie sooner, and then the finished product of what we got of the third one was a mess because that wasn't even intended to be what it was originally. Um, a lot of people dropped out when they found out things that were going on with it. So the one thing we can say about this is we don't know if he's involved or not, but they have confirmed that his name was not listed anywhere in the pre in the press write-up as being a part of the film. So it doesn't appear that Victor Salva is, well, has anything not. to do with this. I hope not. Cause it'll torpedo anything they have going for it. Exactly. I mean, uh, when he's Let allegedly done what he did. And like I said, we're not going to dive too far in it. You can look it up on your own. And I'm sure most horror fans know, uh, that usually is the scarlet letter of the end of your career, and rightfully yes. so, because <laughs> yes. uh, in his case, allegedly he was convicted. So uh, it wasn't allegedly he was convicted, but uh, yeah, right. And you know, it's too bad that you know, the, not that that you know, notwithstanding here, because the original movie is such a great creature feature, and I really enjoy the second one too. I don't love it. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's okay. The third one was just just plain awful. Well, so I'm glad to see that you know they're they're working on a new, not just a new movie, but a new trilogy. Ironically enough, 
uh, Diesel, aka Doctor Derek, aka Derek, my my uh, you know from Three Fat Nerds, also from Love Is Scary. He uh, he he uh, is is he, you know he's scared of all horror movies. Yes. This is the horror movie he loves to the point that we did a panel at our the first ever Scarecon we were at with uh, Jonathan Breck. So right. Uh, so I hope he's re- if he's not recast, I might not be in because I, I thought he was such a nice guy that uh, I, I would I would have problems finding anybody else being the creeper. Right. Right. Yeah, that's something. I mean, he I mean, obviously, there was a lot of makeup and prosthetics that were used. But to me, it's kind of like kind of like Freddy, kind of like Pinhead. I kind of only feel like there's one guy that could really be the creeper. We're going to find out. I, I kind of have a feeling that there's going to be somebody else playing him this time. Probably. It's just it's just a hunch. If they're redoing the franchise, usually they end up kind of recasting all that stuff. So, but I hope that it ends up being him because he really, you know, did a great job in that character. And even in the third movie, you know, he was still his normal creepy creeper self. You know, it's I, I would really prefer that he's the one that they cast to play it. But, but it is happening. It's going to be out this fall. Uh, no release date was announced yet, but it's coming. Just you know, a few months from now, uh, we're going to have a brand new Jeepers Creepers film. Right so on. be on the lookout for that. Excited. Uh, in sad news, uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone has ended after yeah. just two seasons. No what, more. Which I find weird with the CBS All Access going to Paramount Plus. I know. That they wouldn't want to re-up the Twilight Zone show. <laughs> well, there was such big press on it, and they did so much marketing for it. And I personally, I have not watched it yet. I planned on watching it when I ended up getting Paramount Plus and kind of catching up with it. Uh, I don't expect it to be fantastic because I wasn't a very big fan of any of the remakes up to this point. The original series is untouchable, but I still wanted to check it out. And just all the marketing and all the positive reviews and everything that came from it, I was shocked to hear it, especially with the Paramount Plus streaming service that's coming this week in just a mere couple of days. Yeah, I I was also shocked, so I, I I can't believe that that happened. But hey, you know. It is what it is. Obviously, they knew or did something for a reason, and I can't really judge it, but I, I think that uh, something that was an all-star of your CBS All Access should have been uh, one of your, your cornerstones of Paramount+, Plus, in my opinion. You would think. You would think. Uh, last couple things we got. Uh, images have surfaced for a movie I know you're excited to see, as, as am I, uh, The Collected. Ooh, did you get a chance yeah. to see those? Yes, I did see the images. I am super stoked. I love this series of movies. I know some people don't, uh, but I, I actually am a big fan. I thought it was uh, in a time where slasher films were not the, uh, you know, in vogue, if you will. This one kind of was carrying that torch uh, going back to some of the roots and doing it in a kind of mixing up the saw formula and, and what was popular at the time as well. So it was, it was really good. So I can't wait for this one. Yeah, I'm excited. I actually, I like them both. I, I like the second one more than the first one. Um, it just, neither one of them are very realistic, but I thought the second one was a little bit more realistic than the things that were going on in the first one. I got to point this out. Most movies aren't realistic, Mike. <laughs> yes. I, I, know. That's I, I, I hate that. to burst your bubble, but there is no undead zombie in a hockey mask killing people. Yes, I thought there Sorry, was. Sorry, man. Sorry. I thought that was a true story. Sorry, brother. We should start a podcast and talk about horror movies. <laughs> and you could do reviews for the website that we might still yeah. want to start one day. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I really like the second one uh, more than the first one, personally. The, uh, first the second one, I, one was great. I, I, I like both of them for different reasons, but the, this mm-hmm. I, I, I might even be with you. The second one had some more for me. I do like some of the real good scenes in the first one. I mean, come on, Death by Bear Trap is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is i, yes, I shouldn't have said bear trap bear traps 
<laughs> and all that acid stuff on the floor, that like gooey stuff that yeah. you put on the floor. Uh, like there was guys, some creative uh, shit, man. He's, he's pretty resourceful. That was supposed to be a Saw movie originally. Yeah, I know. And uh, guess what? I'm glad it wasn't. And uh, Me the, too. the second movie was it was just as good. So I can't wait for this one. Right. Uh, finally, just want to get your thoughts on the Army of the Dead trailer. Ooh, man, I am. How I'm cool in. I am in. Uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of Big Big Dave Batista. Uh, so I is him in a starring role. I love it. I think this also should like they should shoehorn him in if they were. I know they've been talking about doing a Gears of War movie. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on it. They should put him in because he he reminds me of a Gears of War character just by seeing him in this trailer. Uh, I gotta throw it out there. I'm a big fan. I I hope that this goes as well as it looks. It looks like a fun, like a different concept. I know the synopsis of the film is that they're doing a bank heist in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> that is like the the part there, and of course it's in Las Vegas. Uh, what could go wrong there? I, I really think this Absolutely is good. Absolutely nothing. I, I just I think this looks amazing. I'm 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 pumped for it. It's been a while, and uh, Zack Snyder, man, uh, he, he either hits home runs or he hits duds. So it's either going to be a home run or a dud. But I, from the the teaser trailer, I'm thinking home run. I can't wait to see this on Netflix. Uh, May 21st, I do believe, is the release date. So uh, I'm I'm excited for May 21st. Yeah, I had no interest in seeing this until I actually saw the trailer, and now I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm in. This this looks good, and like I said, I love Big Dave. So. Uh, one way to get me to watch a movie is put Dave Batista in it because I feel like he does a great job in every movie he's in. And uh, so this is another one I think is going to be a home run. Absolutely. All right, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, if you want to talk about any of the news uh, that we just talked about or anything at all, you can hit us up on Facebook, HorrorZone607. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at HorrorZone607. Use that hashtag, HZ607. Whenever talking about the show, make sure you visit the website, 8122productions.com, so you can get all information about our show and everything we do here at 8122productions slash 607 podcast. Speaking of that, we're very close to the 100 followers on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast, so if you're not already following that uh twitch channel please follow because we got some good stuff lined up now that we're a little bit of a break and stuff that we can and can't do i know that we're planning on another horror zone movie night and we're going to try to make that uh a thing uh overall that'll be originally on the twitch channel so if you guys want to watch along with us uh make sure you're following along with that i've seen uh, some great movies that we should watch i know lamageddon's one of them we want to rewatch all together <laughs> uh Velaso pastor looks like a good one to watch together there's a bunch uh so i can't wait to do some of that stuff so that'll be happening plus we also do the wrestling show over there live every week myself and ken m from the ultra duro parley hour do that every thursday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time and then of course we play mtg uh uh, arena on there as the mtg nerds uh we will be doing that uh we do that tuesdays and then we do it either friday or saturday depending upon what's going on i can tell you this week we will be doing it friday night uh at 6 p.m eastern standard time because saturday and sunday uh saturday night uh starting at 8 p.m eastern standard time we will be uh doing our live reactions and alternate commentary for ufc 259 three huge title fights if you're a ufc fan it's a fun time to drop by and stop in the chat and have a good time there and of course on sunday 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 starting at 7 p.m eastern standard time we will be doing live reactions and commentary for AEW's Revolution pay-per-view with the main event of John Moxley or John Moxley challenging the AEW champion, not the WWE champion, but the AEW champion Kenny Omega for the title in an exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, can't wait to see how that mess works out. 
Uh, so uh, you can join us live there. As a matter of fact, speaking of which, Mike, I, I didn't tell you this, but I should say it on air. I'm going to be part of the AEW Scrum tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I can't wait for that as well. That will not be aired wow. anywhere uh, because it can't be aired anywhere. It'll be me sitting there listening to stuff. But we'll be reporting on that on Thursday during the wrestling show. Uh, also, of course, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including Horizon. 607 before anybody else gets to hear it. The Three Fat Nerds podcast before anybody else gets to hear it as well. Also, with the Three Fat Nerds podcast, you get the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition. Uh, it's 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 X-rated for many different reasons. Uh, we're hoping to do that with the uh, Horror Zone as soon as Mike is able to come back to the studio. I mean, I could start doing it now. We might do that in the near future, but I will tell you what we are doing. There's just two tiers, $1 and $3. We talked about it on the Three Fat Nerds podcast this week. Uh, people have been asking about how to support us. The best way to do it for free is to follow us on our social media to uh, absolutely listen is my number one primary one. If you guys are listening, I'm happy about that. Uh, so just continue to listen. But on top of that, you know, you can follow us on our social medias. That does help us out a lot. And also, if you do want to do monetarily Patreon, and we try to keep it cheap, just because it just helps, you know, pay for things that we do in the studio. It really does go towards our uh, stuff for all that we're doing here at 8122 Productions. And as a thank you, uh, because the three fat, three fat Nerds are coming on their three-year anniversary, which is also the three-year anniversary of 8122 Productions, because that's where it all started. Uh, that's coming up. We're doing a big event on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. I say big event because we're going to have people in the studio. Uh, we can't have a party, so we're just going to have some interviews and stuff. It's going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April the 10th. Uh, so mark that on your calendars. But in in preparance for that, we are going to actually do the uh, for one dollar. If you join the one dollar tier, we will uh, get you. Uh, you'll get a Horizon six hundred seven and a Three Fat Nerds sticker sent to you just for joining the one dollar tier. We're going to extend that through. And trust me, it's got a lot of bonus content plus more to come. We're going to be doing movie reviews and stuff on there first before we put them out uh, as a way to not spoil them for people. So there's going to be a lot more to go. And I I feel like we're trying to give you the most bang for a buck. The three dollar tier, you get a little more swag giveaway. Ways, which we're going to be doing a lot more of and i did mention that in april the three dollar uh, chubby chasers will all be getting the brand new diesel minnows shirt we're going to be sending everybody shirts <laughs> how great is that diesel's minnows is a thing and we're going to make sure that the that the the three dollar tier gets that so everybody's getting instead of just giving away to one person a swag giveaway we're giving away to everybody and there's going to be more ways to support the uh, podcast in the near future as well so i just wanted to throw that out there because it is important uh, uh, but once again, listening is our number one priority. If you don't want to do anything uh, monetarily or anything else, uh, we're just happy you listen. But if you do want to help us out for free, make sure you're following us on social medias. And also, uh, if you would like to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash 8122productions is the best way to go about that as well. So with that, Mike, I think you have a trivia question, sir, correct, sir? Well, I sure do. It is that time of the episode where we do the Horizon 607 trivia question. Now, last week, I promised that it was going to be much more challenging questions, at least for the near future. I, I've been throwing you guys some softballs lately. Because the professor's not here, I'm going to take it a little easy on you, Rich. I want to stump him because he's got to come to him. He's got to come to him. He thinks he's the smartest man in all of horror podcasting, and I want to prove that he is each and every week by testing his knowledge, and he's not proving me right. He's not That's proving true. me right. That is absolutely true. But I think that you can get this one. It is maybe a little bit more challenging. It's one you kind of have to think about, but I think you're going to know this. I think you got the answer. So without further ado, what is the name of the housing development where the Freeling family lives in 1982's Poltergeist? One more time. What is the name of the housing development where the Freeling family lives in 1982's Poltergeist? 
The answer coming up right after this break. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Tuffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to Rich and Mike on the Horror Zone 607 Podcast. Welcome back to The Zone. Before the break, I ask this week's Horror Zone 607 trivia question. What is the name of the housing development where the Freeling family lives in 1982's Poltergeist? Rich, I know you got this. I have 100% faith in you. What's your answer? I think I'm right, but I'm going to say this. It, please forgive me because I, I I am a white man and I I can't I can't speak Spanish, uh, so I do believe that the name of the housing development is the Cuesta Verde development. Cuesta Verde, yes. Yeah, that's why. Right, Cuesta Verde. See, that's why I was like I I I hate I hate the fact that I'm not I, I'm sorry guys I I have problems with pronouncing any names. If you turn into the UFC ones, you'll understand that uh, I usually say things wrong, especially names. Uh, so I apologize for that all the time. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have no flavor, as my wife says. You got plenty of flavor. You know. You know what the funny part is? I I think I I should be better at Spanish since my wife is half Puerto Rican. <laughs> Is she really? So, yeah, she speaks Spanish, so it's kind of funny that I I don't have more of a you know whatever. Maybe I maybe I'll take that under my time of learning. I did study in school as well. I'm just not. I'm just not, you know. I I was well, never regardless I'm, of regardless I've never of what bilingual. Says about you, Rich. As far as I'm concerned, you're very salty and extremely spicy. So oh, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, you know what? We're bringing back uh, here in the Talking Horror, we're going to be bringing back something. You know, we brought back before we went and we, we debuted a new segment we're going to bring up every once in a while. And uh, since we had things planned for the professor being here and we obviously didn't record on normal time, so that way the professor wasn't here, uh, not on purpose, uh, he will return. And we had reviews set up, but we didn't want to do them until he came back. At last part of the moment, I just said, hey, let's open back up some things that could have been that never happened. And uh, we opened up the first week. We did that great Wes Craven Nightmare on Elm Street script. While I was researching that, I found another great Nightmare on Elm Street treatment that was going to be, you know, was, was, wasn't was a complete script, but it was a treatment that was done for the sixth installment that, it, that ended up obviously being Freddy's Dead. But this movie was not Freddy's Dead by any stretch of the imagination, Mike. So I decided, hey, maybe this would be a good one since it was already there, fresh in my mind. And I, I brought it up to you and you actually had never even heard of this con well you heard of the concept when i started talking I heard of the about concept it, but you never heard right. of who was in charge of it so what i'm talking Correct. about is coming off of night let's let's give a little bit of history right mike coming off a of nightmare on elm street part five the dream child nightmare on elm street had kind of fallen on its ass uh the fourth movie and the fifth movie in, in the installments were not the box office draws that the that had previously happened uh, it was still making money, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't making the money that New Line or anybody involved with the, the projects wanted to happen, Bob Shea in particular. So uh, there was some talks internally of, 
of closing it down shop. And they ended up doing that with Freddy's Dead. You right. Know. Uh, but before they decided on Freddy's Dead, they were, they were pitching some things off. And now here's where it comes interesting. They were already set no matter what to kill off Freddy Krueger. Think about that. Like no matter yeah. what, they were killing Freddy Krueger off. Like coming into the sixth movie, that was their goal, killing Freddy Krueger. But how are we going to do it? And we know how it ended up in Freddy's Dead, for better or for worse. <laughs> and so when they tapped somebody, there was a director at the time out there making some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I'm sure you uh, might have heard of some of his stuff, and I'm sure you might have heard of him. Uh, his name is Peter Jackson. Oh, little, little, uh, small. Small, uh, lesser-known guy. Nobody's ever heard of him. Well, to be, to be honest, at this point in juncture, Peter Jackson had not done Lord of the Rings, obviously. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the time, uh, he was kind of a lesser-known guy. He was, so. he mostly he was known for doing the no, the virtually no-budget features, bad taste, and meet the feebles, uh, <laughs> in 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 uh, in his native country of New Zealand. So that was what he was known for. If you guys know anything about those movies, pretty crazy stuff, pretty off the wall stuff, and yes, low budget is is an understatement. But it was getting a name out there uh, as far as like, man, this guy is creative if he can shoestring shit together. And I think they were trying to make this movie for as cheap as possible, especially after we know the financial woes they went through for four and five uh, in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So why not tap the guy who might have a good idea, but at the same time can keep your budget cheap? So uh, Peter Jackson uh, wrote a script, uh, which he actually was co-writing with Danny Mulhern. Uh, and it was titled A Nightmare on Elm Street 6, The Dream Lover. So we were going to end up, we went from the Dream Warriors to, uh, what was the fifth one? Uh, the Dream Child. I thought, uh, what was the fourth one? Sorry, it was Dream Warriors into, uh, I always forget the one, and I didn't know the fifth one was Dream Child. And the dream, dream weavers. I, I it was dream. It was, there was dream in the name. Somebody's going to correct me in the in the chat. Whatever. Thank you guys. I'm looking it up right now. I, it, I hate that movie. So yeah, I kind of put it out of my, the dream my mind. The dream master. The dream master. There master. we go. So we had dream warriors into dream masters into dream child, and it would have been into dream lover. And and I'm assuming part seven, if when he came back, it would be the dream weaver, and we would get the classic dream weaver song. But anyways. Uh, I digress. So basically, he was doing an injury. Basically, he was going to be doing a new uh, pre-new nightmare, because obviously that would come later, meta take on the franchise. The overarching idea was that Freddy was no longer being taken seriously and that the people of Springwood just saw him as a joke, much in the same way that the world did at this point in time about the uh, movies. Intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. So the script and the treatment goes into Jackson. I love how the writer here, I'm reading off of Wicked Horror. Uh, I got my notes from them. Uh, had mentioned that uh, Jackson's was a clockwork orange reminiscent take. So I'm assuming it visually was going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, so basically the teens of Elm Street would actually take sleeping pills to go into the dream world and beat up on a weak and defenseless Freddy for kicks. No longer feeding on fear. Freddy was nothing but a helpless old man in the dream world. Neither scary nor threatening. Uh, we got to see this, by the way, uh, uh, interestingly enough, we got to see part of like somewhat of this idea, not about them kicking his ass, but we got to see this idea in Freddy versus Jason where he didn't have powers anymore and he couldn't kill anybody because people weren't afraid of him. And that's what he was yep. using Jason for, if you remember. But not to yep. this extent. This is pretty fucking, this is good shit. Um, so... At one point in juncture in the movie, one of the teens would slip up and Freddy would gain the upper hand and he would kill him. And then once he killed him, that, that was all it took for Kruger to become a legitimate threat and start the process of him building fear once again. 
So basically, halfway through this movie, Freddy gets a kill. And then all of a sudden, that makes him strong again. And then he starts killing. And the more he kills, the stronger he gets. So now we're dealing with full force, badass Freddy Krueger once again. So this is a great concept so far. I, I don't know where yeah. you're at with this, Mike. But you're like, well, where is the end game coming? Aha. They built a great end game in. Freddy would ultimately regain the uh, enough power to uh, take a hostage of a police officer trapped in the dream world. Now, to be honest, people might think about this as police. Uh, this script had something called dream police. So what the dream police were was after the whole, even though he was weak and everything, uh, they had initi initiated a police force that would be in the dream world that would police Freddy. So obviously when he was weak, it was easy, right? These are adults, not teens. But it was easier when he was weak. Now that he's strong, guess what? He can't, uh, he, you know, you can't, you can't defeat Freddy when he's strong. So he takes one of these uh, police officers hostage in the dream world and keeps him in comatose state. Well, here's the kicker. One of the kids that kicked the shit out of him early in the movie or had done it multiple times, as it explains, uh, and it would bring people in to jump him and all sorts of stuff, he's holding a vendetta against. So this officer is actually the father of that child. So basically, Freddy is now taunting the kid, saying, hey, if you want your father back, if you don't want your father to die, you have to come fight me now. It was all good, bitch, when, you were, uh, when I was weak. Come fight, come fight the, the master of dreams now. And so the uh, hero, which I feel I find it weird that the a bully essentially is the hero of this movie, but uh, the hero of the movie, and it is a male hero, not a female, which is an intriguing for the series, has to then go into the dream world and fight Freddy as full strength. And it says that uh, uh, he defeats Freddy once and for all. So he would be killing off Freddy in this movie. Uh, doesn't say how he would go about doing that. Uh, it just goes, says that he would uh, kill him off once and for all. Uh, side note, and I mentioned this before we dive in deeper and talk about what we think about it overall. That is, is that this movie obviously doesn't get made. Instead, we end up with Friday the uh, we end sorry Friday the Thirteenth. We end up with Nightmare on Elm Street Six. Freddy's dead, uh, which is not even called Six, but you know what I mean. And right. uh, they did take some of uh, some ideas from this movie, uh, I guess, including uh, they were going to originally take the Dream Police idea, I guess, and they they, they didn't do that. But uh, because of his work on this, we mentioned it earlier, but because, honestly, with this work, they were so, the people at New Line were so impressed with Peter Jackson that this is how New Line ended up teaming up with him later on for The Lord of the Rings. Mm. So this, something great did, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, something great did come out of him writing a treatment and possibly directing this movie, which never ended up happening. So that's kind of an intriguing side note in history. Uh, if not for hiring him because of bad taste, uh, this movie would have never, the script would have never gotten processed, and we might probably would have never gotten Lord of the Rings in Peter Jackson's eyes. Right. So yeah, I think that's kind right. of, yeah. I think this is kind of a really weird way where Freddy actually is responsible for Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, what do you, uh, just before I go into what I think, because I just laid it out, just from what you heard of the synopsis, what do you think about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 6, The Dream Lover? What, did you, do you think this is something that could have worked? Uh, or are you on the fence about it? Or, and, and give I me mean, I'm on the fence about it, but I think it would have been a better movie <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than Freddy's Dead. So, um, I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, it was at a point where they were kind of scratching for ideas. Anyway, it was kind of, you know, nearly the end of, of Freddy, the, Freddy Krueger's life and Nightmare on Elm Street's uh, life as a franchise, basically. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I do think it sounds like a better movie than what we got for part six. I mean, honestly, and I mean, I make the joke a lot. And, you know, Freddy's Dead is one of those things that I mention weekly just to get the joke. And it's the running gag on this show. Uh, honestly, at this point, anything would have been better. I mean, I did enjoy doing the watch along we did for the DMG a thon, uh, because it was a lot of fun to do. And I made me think that, you know, that's the way to go is crappier movies instead of better movies. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, there's, there's nobody clamoring for this being an epic, if you will. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. Right. Uh, I think dream lover had some really cool uh, concepts and idea. I'm not sure how. The, the, it would have played out with the Dream Police, although it sounded like an interesting concept. I do love the fact that he becomes weak and feeble. I Actually, there's there's part of this story where it's like he's been the hunter for so long. To see him get his, the shit kicked out of him in the beginning of this movie would have been probably kind of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the kids actually just taking sleeping pills and going in and challenging him. And, and of course, he's trying to be the scary Freddy, and they're just beating the living snot out of him. I think that that would be a, a kind of fun aspect to this movie and i think it would be cool to see the turnaround because i think that's what what the elm street movies were missing there's never a point where freddy's in danger and i get yeah. it the concept of it is he rules the dream world uh also i should mention out that there was a drastic looks at the dream world and of course if you know anything about you know bad taste and any of the early work from peter jackson it might have been cheap but he was very big on visuals so I'm yeah. assuming this yeah. dream world would have looked amazing and immaculate. And that would have been a really cool look. But uh, I think that this would have been like one of those interesting times where we would actually get to see a horror monster, if you will, as a, as, as a vulnerable victim for part of the movie. And I think that yeah. the turn of him becoming the powerful Freddy again would have made it that much better. It wouldn't have been... And it looks like he was taking it back to more true form because I think after Freddy becomes serious, I feel like the humor's gone. You know what I mean? And that would be nice. You get the humor in the beginning of the movie with the kids beating him up because I'm sure you would do some of the first ones humorful because it'd be kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like teasing the old man, beating him down. And then when he becomes powerful, I think that's mean-spirited Freddy. I mean, come on. He takes the kid's father hostage. I mean, this is like, this is some next level, I'm a dickhead shit. And just, man, now he's taunting the kid like, hey, you kicked my ass when I was weak. Come, come fight me now. All right. I, I, I can't, I'm killing your friends off. I have your dad kidnapped. Uh, you, you come fight me because I want to kill you. I don't really want to kill your dad. I want to kill you. Right. And I think that that's an evil Freddy thing that Freddy would have done in the past when he was more evil <laughs> than right. the slapstick, ah, jokey, jokey, Freddy. You know what I mean? Right, right. And we didn't get Evil Freddy again, of course, until New Nightmare. And I think that's where the tie-in in that article when I was giving you the one synopsis out of that article. I think that's where the tie-in with New Nightmare was, was we're going back to making Freddy Freddy again. Yeah, and sometimes I forget about that movie. I forget about New Nightmare, and it's one of the best ones in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um it's just I, I think that it just got so watered down and got so ridiculous and so stupid by you know the fifth and sixth movies fourth fifth and sixth movies i I do forget about that but new nightmare is is so good it's so good i don't know i mean we may not have ever gotten that had this concept you know (laughs) it's gone through so well i also look like this i also and i'm 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 not putting blame here but i think that when we went the route we ended up doing and we talked about the west craven script for dream warriors Mm -hmm. when we ended up with the dream warriors we saw which was a nice mix of like 
bad Freddy with funny Freddy. But I think the takeaway in that movie, the success of that movie, instead of going, oh, you know, let's go back to the formula of Freddy, they went with, oh, entertaining Freddy wins. Because that's when they started selling lunch pails and dolls yeah. and all that stuff. Like, we can sell all of this off the backs of entertaining Freddy. And I think that's really what ruined the fourth and fifth movies. Because entertaining Freddy was no longer scary. Entertaining Freddy, there was no threat, really. Does that make sense? Not to mention right. those movies have horrible plot lines, okay? But, that's, right. but on top of that, you know, you took away the strength of the scariness. Everybody has to sleep. Everybody goes to sleep. The yeah. scariness of having a character who can kill you in your sleep is an amazing way to terrify people. But they they still kept him somewhat scary in three. Because if you think about it, Dream Warriors has scary moments. Yeah. But that's where Slapstick Freddy started. And that is where they started getting the success of Slapstick Freddy. And I think that they went, oh, that's the way we should go. That You know, we're selling lunch pails. We're selling action figures. We have a TV show and a video game now. We're making more money than we've ever made off of Freddy because he's now become a pop icon because of the slapstickness. And they went in that route and ran with it and decided not to have him as the horror icon he once was. And this movie, I think, would have returned him to form of the first movie. You could have done the slapstick thing of it, like I said, having the hilarity of him being beat up in the beginning. But once he starts turning back, he is going to be Nightmare One Freddy. Yeah. And that's how it kind of reads to me, especially because he's picking off this kid's friends and he's got his dad hostage. That is not like ha-ha slapstick stuff to do. You know what I mean? That is evil Freddy at his finest. And we want to see Evil Freddy again until New Nightmare, and I think that's why New Nightmare is so good because we hadn't seen, uh, we haven't seen, we hadn't seen Evil Freddy since the first movie, like pure Evil Freddy, and we hadn't seen at least somewhat evil since Dream Warriors. So going back to where, and I understand that technically it's not Freddy, technically it's the Dream Demon that uh, that gives that takes his powers from the myth of Freddy Krueger, and that's why he looks like Freddy Krueger. But mm-hmm. even with that being said, that is a mean movie that is a that that movie is not there to be entertaining at all as far as like slapstick what what is the slapstick parts of those movies maybe when when you have robert england in the freddy get up on that tv show and he's like give me claw but that, <laughs> but if you think about yeah. that scene going back and talking about that scene now that scene showed where slapstick freddy was as an icon of culture compared yeah. to evil freddy which they were facing in the real world for new nightmare it, it's there it's there. I, I I think that this movie would have been great. I think you would have had a resurgence of Freddy, and it wouldn't have been the last movie of the line of Freddy if you would have made this movie, possibly. Because I think Evil Freddy sells to horror fans more than Slapstick Freddy. And yeah, you're not going to sell as many lunch pots, but you're going to still sell those off of the, the ones before that. I right. That's just my take. So I, I would have been I would have been very interested to see this movie made. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, it couldn't have been know, worse just, than what we got. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's just, you know, where would we be? You know, here and here's another thought, you know, before we wrap this up, you know, if if this does get made and maybe we never got New Nightmare, the only reason we ever got Scream was because of New Nightmare. And Scream kind of saved the slasher franchise and brought that back and started up a whole new level of, of slasher movies. Where would that have gone? Where would we be without Scream? I, I think it's interesting. I it don't could know have if, been a domino effect. But here's the thing. I don't know if we would have never gotten Scream because I think uh, the creative mind of Wes Craven was always going to put something creative out. But here's, my, here's my, my caveat to that. Maybe the slasher never dies. 
if Freddy goes back to form and people are like, oh man, like you, you, maybe we end up with more Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which for better or for worse could have been a good thing into the 90s, which would have kept True. all the other franchises. Think about it. All the other franchises don't fall on their ass if, if Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th don't. That's what right. made them fall on their asses. The two big guns fell on their asses and they had horrible last movies. Like, you know, quote unquote last movies. I know we've gone back to the well now, you know, 20 revisionist theory. But think about it. In early 19, we're talking about 1990, 1991, when both uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell and Freddy's Dead came out respectively. Think, yep. about, think about that. that the, the same time both franchises die off in the worst way possible. After coming right. off, after coming off their worst movies, because Dream Child was—I mean, I mean—I guess you could argue Dream Master was worse than Dream Child, but still, it's—it's it's still what shit sandwich do you want better? Yeah, and and of course, Friday the Thirteenth, Jason takes the boat uh, is is the worst in the franchise by far. Right. So at the same point in juncture, you know, they came off their worst movies and their worst performing movies for good reasons into their final movies that were so nonsensical. I mean, Jason jumping from body to body and it's not even Jason. It's just some worm character that's invading other people. But yet when they look in the mirror, they're Jason. I don't get that at all. You know what I mean? And then like and then you have Freddy like becomes, you know. Freddy's dead. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> nice hearing from you, Carlos. Come on, man. <laughs> like, 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 I really think that, like you said, it could have been a Pandora's box where we don't get some of the classics, which I'm glad we're not rewriting that history because I love New Nightmare and I love Scream. But at the same time, think about where history could have gone if those, if, if, Fry, if Nightmare on Elm Street does well and this sixth one revitalizes it, maybe, maybe the people over at, because uh, both are owned by New Line, maybe New Line's like, okay, let's revitalize Friday the 13th. So then we get stronger comebacks from both of your heavy hitters, which means that other directors are going to be able to make whatever they wanted to make when they wanted to make it. And there's a lot of directors who said they had ideas for movies that just couldn't happen because there was no money for them. Yeah. So Halloween would have been having a resurgence because you wouldn't have ended up with a horrible curse of Michael Myers. You would have probably ended up with a better storyline with a Jamie Lloyd character because there would have been directors who had ideas. And we'll talk about those ones definitely in the future. There was ideas out there that were great, but there was no money in them because they weren't making money. Once again, when the two heavy hitters are down, it's like, hey, if Coke and Pepsi aren't selling, then you know the the smaller brands aren't selling either. And I think right. that, that I think that's really where the case was with these horror movies. If Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street are doing well, the slasher is going to thrive, and therefore these ideas from other directors. The, the reason there's a series that we could do on the show, and other people are doing similar things on YouTube and and elsewhere, is they would have had the money for them, and that's the problem. They didn't have the money. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a double-edged sword here. I definitely don't want to give up New Nightmare and Scream. So on that coin, I'm glad it never happened. But at the same time, I, I mean, I wish I would have saw this movie because Peter Jackson sounds like he was going to hit a home run. Right. But we'll never know. That's the world we will are. never know. If you guys want to drop your opinion, I, I, we want to hear from you. What do you guys think? Do you think that, and I mean, I'm, I'm going to put up a Twitter poll uh, when this goes live so, uh, so we can have it uh, for next week's show. Do you guys think that Nightmare on Elm Street 6, The Dream Lover, would have been a, a good movie, a bad movie, or meh? Do you guys you guys think that this would have been, changed the game? Or are you guys were you guys would you guys have been excited for us? I can say I don't know what it would have done overall, but I would have loved to see this movie. So I should have said it like that. Would you have loved to see it? 
are you happy that it was never made or are you in the middle somewhere? Uh, we'll put that poll up on at HorrorZone607 on Twitter. Also, we'll ask the question on Facebook as well. We definitely want to hear from you guys. Give us your take. If you guys want to do a deeper dive on the search of it, go ahead and uh, do your own dives and let us know. What, do you, what would you think Nightmare on Elm Street 6, the dream lover, would have been? Uh, once again, I think that I'm going to put this in a classification that I would have loved to see this movie made. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I'm going to agree with you. So, I mean, this is I'm two in you. a row. I'm there with you. I was going to say, this is two in a row in the Nightmare on Elm Street camp that I was like, man, I would have loved to see this movie made. I would rather have seen them. Yep. Trust me, there's some that we will talk about in the future that we <laughs> we are going to be like, <laughs> thank the Lord they didn't make those. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to chalk this up, and I'd love to see this one get made. So uh, let us know what you think. Like I said, Facebook, HorrorZone607, Twitter, at HorrorZone607. We won't pull up the poll on Instagram, but we do also have Instagram, at HorrorZone607. And of course, of course, of course, visit 8122productions.com for all that information and more and with that being said mike c take these fine folks home all right thank you rich uh so that is the show for this week uh we as always appreciate you all for tuning in and listening to us each and every week uh next week a uh, little note uh, of course we'll be back with uh, the biggest of the week's uh, news horror movie news and just talking all things horror uh, this week, we were actually supposed to do a couple of reviews, uh, as, as Rich mentioned uh, before the segment here. Um, the professor and I both actually got to watch a couple of movies this week. One of them was the brand new Wrong Turn, uh, and another one is a Shutter exclusive called uh, The Dark and the Wicked. Uh, so we actually both got a chance to see both of those movies. Uh, possibly Rich may get a chance to see them within the next week, too, and can join the conversation with us. But we will be discussing those on next week's show, so there's something for you to look forward to. So until then, for Rich, I'm Mike C., and I'm telling you, be kind to one another, and see ya. <laughs>